You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight as Helmut Marco at race weekends. And Blake, a.k.a. Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the Engine Breaking F1 podcast. Uh, mm. We're back. Episode 14 in the house. We've seen a couple race cars, and it's time to get into this episode. I can't believe we've made it this far, honestly. I thought we were going to just fall apart. But as fraudulent as this podcast is. I mean, mentally, we're falling apart. Yeah, that's fine. That's completely fine, but that's allowed. Who isn't? Like, anybody listening at home, or if you're, like, maybe walking your dog, or uh, you're sitting on the toilet listening to this podcast, just raise your hand if you're falling apart. Yeah. We'd love to, uh, we'd love to hear that. Or, or interact with us on Twitter. Just yeah. say your life is in shambles. And uh, if, if you're listening in the car, just give us a, give us a little toot toot. Um, we'll, <laughs> we'll hear you wherever you are. Don't worry. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Oh, but it's, it's, it's happening. We're, we're getting into the season. We're, start, we're starting to see some cars. We're going to talk about deliveries and car launches. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff happening in the background. Everything coming up with new teams and everything else. And do they, should they be in? Should they not? Um, and a, a couple more changes that we haven't talked about since our last episode. So welcome. If it's your first time at uh, Fraud Club, you have to fraud. Yeah. If this is your first time, you have to come up with a baseless conspiracy. <laughs> and, and tag us in your baseless conspiracies on Twitter. Yep. Uh, and uh, we'll retweet the best one. How about yeah. that? Yep. That's, that's how it works around here. This is the baseless conspiracy theory that uh vowels has been transplanted in williams that's not a conspiracy theory that's that's probably factual actually actual factual we'll just call him mini 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 merc from here on out yep just kidding just kidding we'll, we'll talk about all of that though but um we even had some more developments today with the faa talking about some stuff which i don't even think we made into our, our oh, outline probably not no we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll sneak it in we'll get you guys up to date so uh I think we got Dan and I are both doing some like streaming and content commitments early season, keeping you guys informed because let's be honest, it's been a long, long break since we've had any formula one and we're, we're itching for it, man. I think I need some medication for formula one. Jeez. Yeah. I never thought I would, I never thought I would say the words that I can't wait for formula one to come back. Cause usually at the end of every season, I'm like, please can the break be a little bit longer for my sanity, but uh, yeah, we're sickos and we need it. Is this not our first full winter break not being employed by f1 yes yes yeah. this is both of our first full winter breaks and honestly uh my mental health is quite a bit better for it honestly yeah i was gonna say like when you're actually working in f1 it uh flies by the off season it's like the busiest period yeah and now experiencing it as a fan then uh it's, it's been <laughs> please, boring please sir can i have some formula one yeah shut up I've not had to do any sort of late nights or anything like that. It's weird. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling it. Yeah, and, and as far as the off-season as a content creator in Formula 1, it's like, what the hell do we do? Should I make some baseless predictions for the season, which... Yeah, but I am, which I'm working on. So, what do you, what do you, what do you, you're going to do some, you're going to come back and do some content and streaming in the, the off-season, I heard. Yeah, Tell so us. I'm going to try, and I'm I'm pretty sure we say this every three episodes, so... This is your time to do your engine mode 11 bingo drink or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try once again to revive my YouTube channel. Uh, I've got a video in progress now where basically I am slandering the, uh, the steak 
sponsorship of Alfa Romeo. That's fine. But uh, you'll have to subscribe to NG Mode 11 on YouTube if you want to see more oh of that. Oh, my God. Yeah, and if you just don't tease subscribe, them. just tease them. Yeah, exactly. And then people are going to accuse you for not leaking the whole video on this episode, and you're yeah. clickbaiting them. Oh, yeah, it's are you, clickbait. Uh, are you doing watch-alongs for the winter testing, or have you been that? Yeah, no, I was going to do uh, winter testing for... Um, I'm going to stream it on YouTube rather than Twitch this time, though. Okay. You're focusing on the, the YouTubes? Yeah, I think... Uh, I'm too busy. I don't have time to commit to regular streams. So, fair enough. It's gonna it's gonna have to be YouTube. I think. Fair enough. Rock and roll, dude. So, uh, I will. Dan will definitely post on Engine Mode Eleven on Twitter his schedule and what he's doing. Oh yeah, uh, for, yeah. for winter testing watchlongs yeah. and YouTube videos. So you'll hear about it there. And heck, we'll probably retweet him off the Engine Breaking account as well if you're following that. Sure, why not? But, uh, yeah, go on. I think I've got a couple of pieces of content coming up and some stuff that I can't talk about yet, but you will know about soon. Um, tomorrow, also, I'm going to do the next three weeks until winter testing starts. I'm doing watch-alongs with multi-viewer on my Twitch stream. So we're going to watch some classic races, and we're going to start tomorrow, Friday, or today for you if you're listening on audio. It will be the 2012 Barcelona Grand Prix. Pastor Maldonado might have won a Grand Prix. Uh, Williams Garage burned down, and it was your favorite fraud's uh, first Formula One race at the track. So we're going to relive that. Watch that over on the Twitch stream at twitch.tv front slash B-R-R-R-A-K-E. Yep. But um, that's it. We've got some YouTube stuff in the pipeline, and uh, we're rocking and rolling. we got a lot of stuff in the episode. We've got uh, MBS. He's got some stuff going on. Mick DeVries, uh, Williams team principal. We're going to talk about the livery launches or car launches as they are. Um, and then even a little bit about what the FIA has just said about the uh, looking for some teams. So we're going to we're going to dig into all of that very shortly. But I, I think we've got we've had some development mm. actually in the background, Dan, and you somehow have started something on Twitter. Uh, uh, did chat, I? What did I do this time? Uh, well, let's, let's, let's oh, put yeah, it this I way. know what this is. Yeah. Let's put it. Let's put it this way. What does Ferrari, a Fiat and James May have in common? Anybody, anybody listening? Uh, on the Twitch stream right now. Let us know what you think. But anyway, D Dan, can you elaborate on this? Because it's this has gotten quite serious. And I think we've even potentially roped Vincenzo into this. Yeah, so it started that my insane, unreasonable bets for the season have started. So They're baseless, just completely vibes only. Yeah, so most people know, if not last year, I said, if Mercedes win a race, I'll shave my beard off. And of course, I nearly managed to make it all the way through the season until Russell terrorized his way to the top blimey. step. Blimey! Oh, blimey, Governor. So oh. I came out early because I waited to see preseason testing, right, last year. So I could, you yeah. soft sod. But, but we've gone, this time we've gone all in before we've even got any cars on track. So I started off with a re relatively reasonable. I said, look, if Lance Stroll gets on the podium this year, I'm going to down a bottle of maple syrup outside the Canadian embassy. And uh, then all the rumours came out about how Ferrari have got, like, an extra 30 brake horsepower and all this. And <laughs> This is our year! Yeah. In Italian, obviously. Yeah. And I was like, right, listen, if Ferrari win the championship, I'm telling you now, I'm going to buy a Fiat Panda and I'm going to drive to Marinello and give him an apology letter in person. Hand delivered, handwritten yep. apology letter? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. And uh, that upset a few people in Italy. <laughs> um, 
When I say a few people, I mean like the Italian's largest newspaper um, did a whole article about it. Um, and then I asked, oh, I put a photo up of a Fiat Panda I found that I was going to buy early, you know, just to hedge the bets. And um, I said, oh, guys, you got to like this. So, you know, my wife gives me permission to buy it. And uh, in the end, James May of Top Gear fame found it. Um, he basically said, you know, Dan's wife, you need to let him buy this. Um, <laughs> and then a few days later, I went to the corner shop, my local corner shop, right? He, he The guy knows I used to work in F1, but he doesn't know anything about my Twitter or whatever like that. <clears throat> anyway, I come in and I, I, was, I can't remember what I was buying, but I put it on the counter and he goes, have you bought that Fiat Panda yet? I'm just like... Have you been talking what to like? Have you been talking to my dad or something? And he was like, "Oh no, I saw James May was talking about it on Twitter, and I realised it was you." And I was like, "Oh, for God's sake!" So yeah, <laughs> I love that, mate. That is so so good. Ah, uh, well, there you have it. We've got we've got this whole thing. So now here's the you've set up the stakes, and it's if they win the championship, drivers or constructors, yeah, either you know, or, yeah, but. It's got to happen either way now, yeah. doesn't it? No, yeah. no matter what. What, what. So what if we? What if they don't win? If they don't anything, win, maybe we do the trip anyway. Yeah. And then if Red Bull win, maybe we just take them a can of Red Bull and just leave it in reception. We'll take a yeah. can of Red Bull out of the MK Milton Keynes factory reception. Yeah, just go go to reception and say, hey, guys, we're just having a look around, looking at the trophies, yeah. as you can do. And there's a fridge up front for guests. Yep. I'm a guest. I don't work here. I'm a guest. Please don't call the cops again. Yep. Uh, and I'd like a can of Red Bull. We have to see if we're allowed past the gate security first. Yeah, and that could, but you could park off site and just walk through the campus, though. Yeah, but it's... if they see me and you, we might get rugby tackled. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. But like, it's, it's like one of those things is like you, you, you collect the, the sample, the, the grail, put it in it. Well, I'll yep. actually have been woodworking. I'm going to make a nice box and we'll line it with, you know, something soft. And we'll, yeah, exactly. Velvet box. Uh, we'll embroider it um, and then we'll deliver it. Uh, to Marinello, mm-hmm. and then I'd like to go on a tour of the um, the museum because I've never been. Yeah, yeah, and never been. So we've also roped uh, Vincenzo into it because he was the person I made a bet with. Ah, in regards to the Ferrari, because he said, "Oh, okay, come on, Dan, stop taking the mick out of the Ferrari fans." Yeah, go on, lad. So I said, "You know what, Vincenzo? Fair enough. I'll make you this bet." And then when James May and everyone got involved, I said, "You're you're stupid if you're not." Don't think I'm involving you in this now. Um, but yeah, no, he, he, he said, yeah, he said, look, you just let me know when I'll fly over and we'll, uh, we'll have a little drive. Love that. Love that. Are we going to, is it going to get modified at all? Oh, maybe just some know. branding, maybe some sponsorship packages. Yeah, maybe. I think we're going to have to put stickers on it to hold it together, to be perfectly honest. Mate. But yeah, we, we, we nearly found one. There was a really nice Panda. It was classic 1991. It was an Italian import as well, so it would have been perfect. To have oh, my it, God. Driven it back to the homeland. Yeah, exactly. But sadly, we were beaten to it. So Bummer. the search is still on for a panda. Okay. So if anybody has any great ideas for how to better activate this or any games or gimmicks, there's definitely it's definitely going to be content. Uh, we're going to have a laugh about it. Uh, live streams from Italy. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to live stream. That would destroy my data yeah. plan. But anyway, that's happening, and it's... It's chaos. What you you you're fucking nuts. I mean, shaving the beard was tragic enough, but this is gonna be this is gonna be great. Yep. 
it's uh it's the engine braking podcast on tour yeah it'll be nuts um but let's let's get into uh let's shift let's shift gears real quick shall we and uh talk about what's been happening over the last couple of weeks what's what's been happening let's talk about our favorite um liability at the moment and that's uh mbs yeah so man what has he been president of the the president of the fia doesn't want to be the president of the fia from everything that we can tell and uh yeah go go through it like hit us hit hit us with the the top line points basically he's doing a speed run to get fired yeah exactly uh (laughs) so again and we mentioned this i think in maybe the last episode or whatever He's done it again. He's tweeted from his personal account rather than like yep. any FIA account. But um, he he put out a tweet saying that the twenty billion price tag on F one is inflated. Um, and keep it keep in mind, real quick, the FIA is not the rights holder of the sport. The FIA is the governing body, mm-hmm. and FOM or, you know, Formula One or Liberty Media, they own the commercial right to the sport. The other people are just like, hey, we do the rules and we'll make sure the tracks are okay, the cars are legal, and we'll we'll do the policing of the sport in terms of, you know, you know, uh, marshalling and all this stuff. We'll, we'll make sure that's all fair and transparent and all that stuff. So they, they can't do that right. But now the president of that is like, oh, by the way, this, this shit costs too much. And you're like, wait, mate. How would you know for a start? Who are you, and what, do you what, and what are you trying to do, first of all? Because there's an angle. There's got to be an angle. Yeah, well, this is this was because, I think, uh, rumoured that Saudi, someone from Saudi Arabia or whatever, uh, was going to try buy it. Yeah. Um, because they've been on a bit of a buying spree at the minute. Um, the Saudi Arabian, what do they call them, fund or whatever. Um, yeah, and the it looks public like investment fund. That's the one, yeah. And it looks like F1 was their next target, and it was like, oh, Apparently, there's like a 20 billion price tag on it. And this is when he came out and said, you're having a giggle if you think F1 is worth 20 billion. Yeah. It's a big increase because um, Liberty Media bought it for 4.4 billion in 2015, I want to say. Yeah, it's been a while. So, I mean, what's that? Six, seven years or whatever. I can't do maths. My head's mushed today. Yeah. So yeah, it's it is quite a big jump. Um so yeah, and then obviously he tweeted that out, and then we next thing we know, Liberty Media lawyers have got involved and apparently they sent a letter to the FIA threatening legal action over the comments, basically saying, Could you please not do that? Yeah. And so, here's here's the one thing I've seen I've seen two parties on this our favorite social media dumpster fire of Twitter. There's some people that are saying what's what's Mohammed doing making all these comments about it? You know, like, why is he speculating on the value of this? It's not his job. isn't doing nothing. And he's just pissing off the people that own the sport and potentially, you know, potentially damaging the sport and bringing it into question. And on the other hand, are people like, yeah, but he's doing a really good job. He's trying to get another Formula One team on the grid. It's like all the other stuff that we've had pile up. And we don't need to go back through all of it, but all the stuff that he's been pushing through and all the agendas that he's been pushing and just, it seems a bit, he seems a bit lost to me. And then people are like, yeah, but the, he wants to bring in some more teams, so all that stuff's fine. I'm like, I don't know, man. I not not sure about this one, dude. Not sure about this dude at all. No. And then uh, in response to this uh, legal letter or whatever, the FIA apparently hit back saying that the sport was only on loan to the commercial rights holder, um, which I thought was a bit feisty and technically correct as well. Liberty Media don't necessarily own 
Formula One uh, is world championship status is given to it by the FIA. They could quite happily turn around one day and say, no, you're not a world championship anymore. We don't recognize you. And then Liberty Media goes, right, well, we'll get our own uh, officiating body, build that up. And it is, who owns the name Formula One? Oh, that's, F- that's a good I question. F- I don't think it's a very interesting. I don't believe it's um, the FIA. Um, but yeah, we're going to have another. Do you know what happened last time? Do you remember A1GP? Yeah. I don't remember. I'm, A1GP's been a while. It was the uh, the world championship where it was a spec series and it was by country. Yes. It was a. What was it? It ran from 2005 until 2009 which is a lot longer than I thought, actually, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, that all came about because of some row they had. Um, and it didn't really work out very well. So no. that's why it died pretty quickly. But anyway, anyway, but so what, uh, what happens what, what, if you stand up to Liberty media, Blake, um, they go through your fucking bin and try to find <laughs> scraps scraps and it is not it's not to say that the, the scraps they found were not they're not excellent they're not good but uh they, they you know what when you piss the wrong people up they will go through archived websites and find anything uh just to be like all right don't piss us off so there's an archived copy of his website from 2002 and he made a comment um and he says you know i don't like talking about money and then quote nor do i like women who think they're smarter than men for they are not in the truth and this was, you know, what? This is 2002. This is a while ago, right? And yes, people can change and people, hopefully, mm. is, he's a better person than he was 20-something years ago. But that's what happens when you fuck with these people. They will dig through. And it, surprisingly, that's all they dug up. You know, it's like, you know, it was nothing else because that's that's not good. That's no. not ideal. So. But one thing I found interesting about this, right? And don't misconstrue this as me defending his comments or whatever. But there's been no evidence of this actually being said on the website. Like, the, I think it was the Times that reported it, saying it was on this archived copy. But when, yeah. when people have gone to look for it in the archive, it's not there. So I've not actually seen, like, yeah. photo evidence that this comment exists. I'm not saying yeah. he didn't say it. I'm just saying that it's a bit odd to me. Yeah. Why not, it's not been plastered around everywhere? No, um, and I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it all comes down to money. Yep. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. So uh, it looks like they've they, he's he's bit the hand that uh, feeds, or that the hand that the hand that feeds has bitten. I don't know. Something something's going on, and they they're they're getting sick of him. I, you know, but at the end of the day, you get rid of him. Who else comes in? No, and F1 saying or Liberty Media or whatever saying we would, you know, maybe not officially, but reading between the lines that we don't want, you know, MBS around in that position in the FIA. But does F1 really have that power to turn around and say we don't want that guy as the president when the Didn't FIA you- are in charge of so many other, you know? things i was don't know it, was it you or someone else that looked up what has to happen because basically there's like 250 something people in the fia that have to submit a vote of no confidence to remove him from the presidency of the fia yeah it's so, a really long drawn out process so and anybody that's saying flavio briatore 
<laughs> bring, uh, he's, it, bring he's, it on. He's got a long history of, you know, nothing but upstanding decisions and keeping the sport completely uh, out of just Yeah, never mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, a, that's an actual word. <laughs> uh, I thank you. Yeah, you I was thinking that. about that. I was like, shmash, shmash. Oh, someone, someone's just linked in the chat with a link to the archive to say it is there. So maybe I was wrong. And in that case, mm. I apologize. But yeah, it was my impression that no one actually found it. Um, but yeah, anyway, moving on, sorry. Uh, there's some reports coming out that a replacement uh, for him would be the Motorsport UK chairman, David Richards. And you may also know that name for uh, uh, running ProDrive. Who do all the uh, world rally cars and things like that? And also, former BAR team principal was it? Correct. Yeah. You so did, that was that was. You didn't just read that off the note, did you? Nope. No, I, did, I knew that because so BAR You're was so smart. Uh, was the predecessor of Mercedes to Honda than BAR before that. The old, old old going way back. Yep. Smug. So there you Good go. Notes, by the way, you like you like the notes, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um. We've got it. I think that covers all the drama, unless there's anything that's developed within the last thirty minutes, which lets to be, you know, to be honest, could be perfectly possible. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely possible. Like I think the FIA's even put out some stuff uh, about the new team process, which I'll I'll go through. I've got a article up from Sky Sports, which I just saw this on the train when I was heading in. Um, I've been out this afternoon, but we've got another situation that we might have seen that we saw last year. Remember how last year Nick DeVries basically drove for every single Mercedes team? Yes. He was uh, hawked out quite a lot. Yeah, well, he's he's uh, Mercedes' new golden boy. So Mick Schumacher is taking up the role as Mercedes reserve driver. And Mercedes, being uh, engine supplier, they can also say, you know what? You guys need a reserve driver. We'll let you borrow our guy uh, because you're using our engines. And you know, we're, we're kind of a small family thing. So Mick has also been allowed to be the official reserve driver driver for McLaren. So uh, that's something that we saw DeVries getting like loaned around and Mick could be that guy next year. And it's kind of in their interest. If they've nominated reserve driver, if you get any chance to get your reserve driver in a car, yeah. get him in a car, doesn't matter. And that makes sense. And that makes sense with DeVries. But uh, that, that goes to show you that, you know, people criticize, for example, Red Bull for having a sister team, which arguably... There's things that you can do, but for the most part, you really can't do much now. A lot of that stuff is super closely policed what information you can share, which is basically nothing. You can literally sell them parts, and I think those parts should be available. But but an engine manufacturer, on the other hand, they've got quite a few teams, so they're like, yep, 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 you can yep. drive, you can drive, you can drive. So super interesting, but uh, will we see? I wonder if, because Nick DeFries drove for Aston as well, didn't he? Yep, you know, Aston, Williams, Merck. I wonder if we see any FP1 sessions with Mick this year. Well, so the, the way that the FP1 young driver rules work is I think you have to do two FP1 sessions throughout the season, or I might have lost track of how many it is, but you need to allocate two FP1 sessions throughout the year for a young driver. Mick does not fall into that category because he's driven a Formula 1 car for a season, mm. so he's he's not allowed. But at the same time last year, you saw Alfa Romeo putting Kubica in the car, wasn't it? Yep. He, clearly didn't fall short of that. So that was outside of that allowance. They still had to do it, but they got through with the loophole with Joe because he was a rookie still. So, yeah. Yep, yeah. Rookie yeah. drivers done the races. He's our race driver. So 
Yeah, big up Kavitsa. Sadly, yeah. I think we will no longer see him because uh, Orlan have left Alfa Romeo. Ooh, so that was the spot. The, was it the Polish spot? Yeah, that I think they were him. the ones that were backing him. But they ended up at Alpha Tower, which I thought was a bit random. Um, Ooh. Are we going to see some red on the Alpha Tower this year? Possibly, maybe, yeah. But uh, I think Robert's turned around and said that although the sponsor's moving, he's he's done now in F1. So, Yeah, but what about Kubica for president of FIA or freaking Seb Vettel, man? Oh, look, I'm going to upset a lot of Seb fans in here, but I just don't. Think, I don't think he's got that dog in him. I, 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 well, he could do what he could do what Rosberg did. Rosberg was like, "I'm tired of the Formula One season." You know, it was a lot of mental work, beating Lewis and equal machinery, all that. Pat himself on the back, <laughs> and then he shows up in the paddock at every single fucking race to be on TV. I was like, "Dude, oh, get dear. out, get out!" With his uh, <laughs> super antibodies. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But anyway. Speaking of, we talked a little bit, we, we hinted at it at the beginning. So, uh, so, yeah, this news came out literally hours after we published the uh, last episode where we said we want Nico Rosberg in as the team principal for Williams. Yeah. But uh, James Vowles, the Mercedes strategist, head, head of strategy or principal strategist or whatever his title was, is now the team principal for Williams. So he's gone from a engineering trackside operational role to team principal running a team looking after strategic commercial and everything else which is a very interesting change it's definitely a huge upgrade for him in terms of responsibility and everything else yep. but it's super strange as a move for me for williams in my opinion yeah it's 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 a big step up and i mean i understand why he he took the job because I, I mean i would as well but Williams strikes me as one of those places where you go from, you know, a hero or a zero. And uh, I yep. think, you know, we saw it with, um, what's his name, Paddy yep. from Mercedes. He went to Williams and then he got booted out after that really awkward conversation he had with, was it Claire Williams in Drive to Survive? Do you remember that? I don't even remember that. I didn't watch that oh, season. That, go back a- and watch that. That was so funny. Oh, my God. I think Paddy, Paddy was at G too, wasn't he? And Claire's like, yeah, you're out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, big, big, big jump for James and good luck to him. But, um, yeah, like I say, big jump. What do you think? What do you think? I don't know. If if he has any significant impact on that team, it will need to have an impact on, um, the structure of the team, the entire organ engineering organization, how it goes, because they've been on the back for a while and they need to find, they need to bridge the performance gap. And that's going to come from money and it's going to come from people and processes and tools. So is he the right dude? I have no idea. Is he the wrong dude? I don't, I don't think so, but that's, that's super interesting. Are you ready? Are you ready for our first baseless conspiracy theory of the episode? Yeah, go on. That I've believed that James has gone to Williams to build up some experience so he can come back to Mercedes when Toto retires. Mm. Has Toto expressed any interest or like retirement? Plans. Has that um, even been mentioned? I don't think so, but he's not getting any younger. How old's Toto? Hmm. Toto's not a spring chicken, is he? Let's have a look. Toto Wolf. How old are you, son? You are. He's not 60. He's. Six, six, no, he's 51. Okay, so I guess he's got yeah. a while in him. But... Yeah, he's got plenty of time left. Yeah, well, I'm going He'll with a right. baseless conspiracy. I think that's probably not stupid. At the same time, like. Yeah, so Mercedes isn't going to replace him. 
And Wolf says the team basically has enough enough depth and breadth in their strategy and operations department that they don't need to replace him. So there's also people mentioning that he probably had a lot more of a role other than just strategy and operation, but I haven't seen that in the past. So I don't, and I can't speak for that team because I don't know how their their technical structure works at the track, but that's an interesting one to have somebody mm-hmm. that does strategy and operation and performance in in one person. But I can see how that would work. Maybe. I've just never seen it. So Yeah, and in, in regards to like you say, Wolf saying the team's gonna rely on their existing group. Apparently James hasn't been doing that job for the last six months anyway. So I don't know, maybe if he I mean, maybe did he sneakily stick his notice in halfway through last season? I don't know. And yeah, and they haven't one thing that I saw was fucking hilarious on 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 Twitter was uh the, the the toxic part of some fan bases were like yeah good riddance yeah he was he, you know scapegoating him for a, a bad year I'm like get a reality check man get a reality check but uh you know they're, they're like literally as soon as somebody leaves they're dead to them but um hopefully hopefully he does well for the team because mm. they need they need some help. Uh, yeah, and those toxic people they either need to touch grass or smoke it. Mm. Or both. Or both. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. You know what? Um I think we're hitting about the middle of the episode, dude. What are you saying? Uh would you like some uh prime lined up advertisement? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Are you ready for so- me? Yeah, guys, uh, hang tight. We'll be right back after a word from our, our friends. Hello, me again, just interrupt your podcast episode. Listen, we've been banging on about NordVPN for a while on the show and it's finally happened. They've reached out to us and are offering an exclusive deal to our listeners. If you are fed up with not being able to access F1 TV Pro due to geographical restrictions, then this is what you need. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a country that enables the full feature set of F1 TV Pro. Tell me and Blake do it and we've been happy customers of NordVPN for years. But Dan, I've heard VPNs are great for online protection, but they slow down your internet speed. Come on now, it's 2022. I can stream a multitude of F1 TV HD feeds while hosting a watch-along on Twitch with no issues. Furthermore, NordVPN prevents my internet service provider from bandwidth throttling so I can actually use my internet connection at the speeds I pay for. They have an app for smartphones that's easy to install and use, plus it's only the price of a cup of coffee every month. So to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and four months for free, visit nordvpn.com engine. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So give it a try and if you like it great if you don't you can call us frauds on twitter simple now back to the episode seamless seamless flawless and i've got to say um all of my like that's i f1 tv pro has been awesome uh and i couldn't use it without nord and then also that using multi-viewer as well yep. oh my gosh that's that's been awesome because i've got basically the entire formula one pit wall on my screen um, and that will be featured on all of the race watch-alongs from the season. And when we do some historic watch-alongs after 2018 or 19, that'll have the data. But um, that's going to be awesome. And also the first watch-along will be fr- tomorrow, Friday, uh, 3 p.m. UK time. We're going to go back to 2012 Barcelona using multi-viewers new watch party feature. So you guys, I'll send you guys a link. You guys click it. And when I hit play, it plays for you guys. If I pause it, it pauses for you guys. So rock and roll. Yep, it's the only way to do it, and it's the only way I'm going to do it. Yeah, rock and roll. I'm I'm super excited about that. And oh, Nord, thank you very much. 
and multiviewers in the the yeah. live stream right now on twitch.tv front slash break hanging out as well yeah but, thank you uh thank you very much nord <laughs> <laughs> right so we've we've got valves valves moving what else? We got some debris is in a potentially a little bit of trouble. And this is not usually something we talk about, but we saw it come up and it's like, that's interesting, but uh it's racing, so it's interesting. It's interesting, but it's also a very common scenario. So Nick DeVries is currently under a lawsuit, or, or is facing a lawsuit, should I say, because um a Dutch real estate magnet. And I did have his name written down, but I can't remember it was now, and I cannot pronounce it. Uh, but he basically loaned Nick 250,000 euros uh, to support his junior career. Yeah. Now, the issue apparently is that the Alpha Tower driver withheld information and breached agreements relating to the loan agreement from 2018. So the loan agreement uh, came with 3% interest per year. Uh, which Nick has been paying, apparently, that's fine. And it also comes with a cut of future income from everyone activities, which I believe someone said it's up to like 50%, which is pretty wild. Oh, no. Like 50% of your income as an F1 driver. Ouch. Um, but it was stated that the loan would be waived if DeVries doesn't have an F1 seat in 2022. Now, the issue has come about where they're saying, well, actually, you did have an F1 seat in 2022 because you were a reserve driver. You did the, um, who did, he did the, uh, what did, who did you, was it Aston Martin? Yeah, he did a race in the Aston. And then the Williams as well, oh, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or was it an FP What's session? Anyway, oh, whatever. He, he drove the Williams in, in yeah, he scored Monza. Cause, yeah, because he scored the point, didn't he, or whatever. Yeah, and Ben Latifi, poor lad. Yeah. <coughs> oh, sorry. I choked. That's how surprised I was. <laughs> how can you say <laughs> negative things about my uh, Latifi? I can't believe it. My bad. Um, but yeah, so basically they're arguing, well, that is a seat. So you owe us 50% of whatever you made last year or whatever. I don't know. Mm. Um, but what, what I'm saying is fairly common is that a lot of the young drivers take these sorts of deals and things like that to um, get into the categories and things like that. And the chap that is, or who did loan this to DeVries, apparently also did the same with Vandergaard. Really? Guido? Yeah, apparently. Ooh. So, yeah, there you go. Mm. But um, That's sketchy, man. We're going to find out more about this in February, apparently. Okay. That's and I think, that's I think those are some sketchy deals these dudes are doing just to get a seat because like it, it costs a lot of money. Hmm. You had to come to me just as I was taking a sip of my drink, didn't you? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Sorry, I was I was looking at something else for a minute, but prick. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Uh that's... yeah, yes. So it's expensive. Um and like you say, a lot of drivers do this sort of weird thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Let's let's talk about launch season is a, uh, is upon us. It's happening. We've had the Haas revealed uh, yesterday, two days ago, uh, featuring a, a black livery, and uh, it was it was a little bit different. And we'll we'll talk about the difference between a car reveal and a livery reveal, what it used to be and what it is now. But uh, mm. it was just they just everybody. I was watching some live streams. I was I think I was watching Formula Racers stream, and uh, it's just everybody's refreshing Twitter. We're like that's it. 
Yeah, it was a pretty low-key affair, wasn't it, really? It was just like, we're going to put some photos of it on our uh, social medias. and Some that's renders. It. Some renders, even. Not even real photos. Mm. No? But it's like, it's like, it's uh, just, no, no, they would have been renders, yeah. Yeah, so it's like it's like another thing, and it's like, okay, so here's some renders. I That's awesome, because hopefully they're saving that money to put in some parts for this year, because if they're not on the cap... They're, they're saving some money on that. All that, divert that money from those marketing activities, dump that into performance, and uh, hopefully they can do better than I've predicted in my video that's coming out. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, apparently they reckon this MoneyGram money, their new sort of title sponsor, is going to bring yeah. it up to the budget cap. Did you see the photo? If you look at the top of the car on the, the roll hoop, like the fin on the engine cover, it looks like the old Uno Reverso. Some people also said, I forget who it was, but they said it was an homage to uh, Mazda Spin. Yeah, it looks like two arrows rotating. Yeah, that's what I was going with. It looks like uh, <laughs> basically a spinning circle. And I was like, oh, yeah, they've given a little uh, little shout out to Nikita. Good, good. So the um, the next the next three that we've got, so Haas has revealed, Red Bull's revealing Friday the 3rd, which is today, right? Or tomorrow, or right today, now, or today, when, yeah, yeah. when you're listening to this. Uh, Williams next Monday online. Uh, Alfa Romeo the 7th. And then we got Alpine will be doing those last on the 16th. But so you've you've been around for a while. I've been around for a while. I remember in 2000 and I think it was 12 with Force India. The reveal of the car was there with like Sky or BBC or something. And it was the actual car. And it was revealed on the shakedown day. So we're at Silverstone. They've got lighting. They're doing a bunch of beauty shots. The car rocks up from the assembly base across the street at the factory late you paint. know it's like the, 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 the tv crew still wet. Paint was yeah, still exactly. wet. the tv crews are waiting for it you know the, the, the photographers waiting to take all the stills because they're using all the promo images and that's how it used to work you know you, you're last minute last minute rolling it out um firing the thing you fired the thing up you bolted the body work on roll it over take some photos the tv crews shoot some stuff around it and then it goes out on the track to do its install lap as a shakedown which you get some filming days and you get up to 100 kilometers of filming so that, that's what it used to be like. But now, like all the reveals last year, they were the FIA model show car. Yeah. With, like, with their own liveries on it. It is a bit weird. Uh, last year, I can kind of get because it was the first season of regulations. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not sure. Like going down this avenue of it all just being renders and, and you know, images, because another thing people have to bear in mind as well and I can say this from experience, is that when you take photos of the new car, believe you and me, the photographer has to sit down with the designers and they say to them, right, which bits do you want Photoshopped to look different or which bits do you want yeah. darkened out so you can't see it? So, yeah, it's you never really see the real car until it hits the track. And then even then, like Mercedes did last year, you don't. they left it until the second part of the test to show you the actual real car. Um, yeah. So yeah, but that's that's an interesting thing though. But right now, what we're having last year, especially in years past, we're having livery reveals. We're not really having car reveals. You know, you're not seeing anything. And an, another interesting thing to think about in terms of the time cycle of a Formula One car development, the winter testing car, the winter testing car was like months ago. You know, it's 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 already developed. It's being it's being designed, developed. The winter testing car is there. They've got a car that they're going to rock up with testing, and they've already got the upgrades for race one, which is the week later. So, you know, you got your winter testing bits. You've got some bits and pieces for mitigating against different things. And then you've also got um, 
the race one spec car, which is a super normal thing. And maybe teams won't be doing that now because this year we've only got one winter test. We've got one three day test. I remember yeah. when you had three three day tests, like back in 2012, 13, you know, that was, you'd go, you'd go something like Barcelona, Barcelona, Bahrain. And there was two, like one, it was Bahrain, Bahrain, Barcelona or something like that. And it was, it was absolutely freaking crazy. But um, yeah, that's, it's different now. And the cars this year are just an evolution of last year. There's no major changes. Uh, I think we've got Pirelli's bringing a new front tire, which should have a little bit more front end. Um, we'll see. And then they've made some changes to the floor uh, to, to mitigate against the porpoising issues and make them not let people push the floors as hard where they were getting unstable. Yeah, the edges of the floor have been raised by 10 mil, I believe. I think it was the official stat. Yeah, so a little, a little bit more of the anti-porpoising stuff, but realistically, these cars are just an evolution of the last one. Like, I think a lot of teams are using the same chassis as well. You know, mm. the chassis, oh yeah, mm. the survival cell structure, and then you kind of bolt on the bodywork and fairings and stuff, and everything else bolts onto that. But I'm pretty sure a lot of teams are using using the exact same chassis this year, which was part of the plan. Well, are Red Bull going to be using the same chassis? Because I've heard they're going to bring this super light one they came up with last year but didn't actually use. It'll be basically the same one with modified layup, probably. Does that mean it has to get crash tested again? Yeah, okay. it will do. If it's if it's structurally different, yeah, it'll have to be rehomologated because it'll be a different spec, but it's not like they're going to have a whole philosophy change. I don't think. That could be wrong, but I think a lot of people are uh, doing that. Speaking speaking of, we just had a little mention of that. The rumor mill is turning very heavily that another American company might be entering the sport again. Who's that? Ford. Oh, Ford. I don't really know what how to. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, Ford fans, Ford. but I am yeah. underwhelmed by the on, the pros the prospect of a Red Bull EcoBoost RB19 does not fill <laughs> me with joy. Yeah, I don't know about that, but um, I I drive a Ford. I got the Ford Transit Texas Edition, man. That's, yeah, Ford give Transit it Custom Texas Edition. Give it the full title, you know. Yeah, Ford Transit Custom Texas Edition. If the bands of rocking don't come a knocking edition, you know what I'm saying? How, <laughs> how many? Uh, how many of them are in the UK, Blake? Because you always Just like one. to get that in there. Just the one. Is it's it? only oh. one. It's mine. Whew. Look at that. One of one. Yeah. So. I mean, it, rumors, and there's a lot of people talking about this, a lot of people talking about this, that Ford and Red Bull are partnering up uh, on their engine effectively to bring in Ford. But how does all of this work with Red Bull powertrains, Ford? What are they licensing? I mean, this will likely be for the 2026 onwards engine technology. Uh, just Ford have some, you know, battery technology that they're bringing to the table. No, yeah, I do, I do not. I do. I'm, I'm currently. I do not know. I'd love to speak to somebody that knows more about that, and maybe we'll find somebody that's done a bit more research than we have about what <laughs> what Ford bring to the table technically, or is it a commercial deal entirely? Us and research do not go together. No, we do it sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. But um, apparently, this has all come about because a load of influencers for Ford have been invited to the launch at. Uh, yeah. Red Bull in New York. New York. Never actually yeah, so been to New York. I've been once. So Red Bull are revealing in New York today, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this. And then 
Alpha Tauri are revealing basically a week later in New York as well. At, is it Fashion Week as well? And Alpha Tauri being a clothing brand, fine. I still can't it get makes out of my head. Sense for Alpha Tauri to do that. Yeah. Yeah, but I can't, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I've got some of their clothes and they're actually really nice, but they're super expensive. But like, when I think of Alpha Tauri, I think of race cars. I don't think of clothing. And I don't like, I don't know how you go from that where you convince everybody that knows Alpha Tauri is a race car brand to thinking of, you know, designer clothing. Yeah. I mean, as you can tell for those watching the video, I'm not exactly fashion conscious, but. The idea of paying six hundred pounds for a jacket, which is basically from a glorified Red Bull drinks company, um, does not fill me with joy. I've got a really nice jumper from them, actually. I'm going to wear it tomorrow. But I guarantee you didn't pay full price for it, though. Didn't pay anything for it. <laughs> well, there you go, then. See. <laughs> oh, but anyway, so uh, we've we've got a lot of interesting stuff. What about what about uh, this whole gambling twitch site sponsor of uh oh jesus christ is it, is it alfa Kick? romeo yeah 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 so alfa romeo have announced their new title partner um stake which is uh apparently a lifestyle brand company in the uh, press release um but if you don't speak marketing or pr that translates to a crypto gambling website um, nice so I say hilariously, but a lot of people are saying, oh, this is Rich Energy Part 2. They could not be further from the truth, right? Because let me tell you, I've looked into this. Unlike Rich Energy, Stake have significantly more than £500 in their bank account. Okay. So one of the owners of Stake apparently is the youngest Australian billionaire. I think he's like 27 or something, and he bought the most expensive house in Australia. So they got money, they got cash. Somebody's got some money. Yeah, and uh, they've also announced uh, a streaming partnership with Kick. Now I looked into this, and Kick is literally a clone of Twitch, which is I've what got, we're recording this the, on now. I've got the Kick website open, and I'm struggling to see that it's not Twitch. Everything about it is so similar. And it, it's pretty interesting because Twitch recently just announced some massive changes to their online gambling. Um, so a lot of people will stream uh, slots and other gambling things. And Twitch has clamped down on some of those partnerships and there's, they've regulated that a lot more. And then Kick have basically made a Twitch clone website that is not restricted in that sense at all. Yeah. So, so and I'm, I go into all of this on my video that i'm doing on youtube but okay. basically and, it, and this is a plug for that yep. engine mode 11 on youtube gan is looking at this partnership and the ins and outs of that yeah so and not everyone wants to watch it so I, i'm quite happy to spoil it here for you but watch it anyway because i need the stats now yeah, do it so kick magically came about after this ban of gambling on twitch which the ban came in place literally because of stake who were paying uh streamers and influencers to gamble on Twitch, uh, with money that wasn't even theirs in the end, it turned out. It turned out the balances were fake. They were literally just like play money. Um, one guy from a referral code made uh, $116 million. So this is like, we're talking insane amounts of money being generated from this. Um, and sorry, yeah, the Kick website came about magically like two days after it got banned from Twitch. Uh, it's 
no surprise that it looks to have been built from the leaked code source of Twitch that happened in 2021. People have dug into it, and there was even some parts of the Kit website that still referenced the name Twitch. So, <laughs> right. This is hilarious. Like, this couldn't get any more sketchy. No, and I love it. This kit website came about because one of these streamers that was doing the gambling on stream was like, oh, I'm going to go make this website or whatever. He came up with it, sort of said, oh, it's me. I'm, I'm backed it. I've owned it, whatever. Well, Stake accidentally forgot to update one of their LinkedIn posts, um, trying to hire people for kick where they said, oh, Stake has started this new kick streaming company. Come work for us. And we were like, oh, okay. So Stake do own it. Stake are paying people to play on it. Um, you know, um, with fake money in the end. Um, wow. Uh, it gets even better. So because it's a crypto currency, uh, sorry, a crypto gambling firm, um, they've had to license out of Curacao, which is okay. a small island in the Bahamas, which isn't uncommon, right? Lots of, lots of these gambling firms do all this sort of thing. Um, but they're actually based in Australia. But because their license is held in Curacao, and if you look up the address, it is literally a shed, uh, they get around the Australian online gambling casino laws because technically they're not operating out of Australia. They're opening, they're operating, operating out, out of, of shed. Uh, a cracked in in some beautiful island. Yeah. Um, Love that. And because of that, they've got really sketching KYC laws. So some people will know what this is about. So KYC is know your client. And okay. if me or you went to a gambling website that we know, we'd have to give them like a scan of our passport or something that they could say with reasonable certainty that this guy is over 18 and, yep. you know, he's legit. Yeah. Well, on the Kick website, there are literally people on YouTube speed running how quickly they can get an underage account verified. Uh, and they're all doing oh. it under a minute. That's so. Uh, basically, one guy made a completely fake details or whatever, put it in that he was 12 years old, and he got some kickback because said, oh, you know, we need to see some verification. They didn't say you can't come in because you're 12. They just said we need some verification of, like, yeah. photo I ID. Verify that you're a human, not Skynet. Yeah, so he put um, a photo. He uploaded a photo of four from the Marvel films. Um, now, you know, something as, ridic <laughs> something as ridiculous as that you know, you'd, you'd think would not um, get through. Uh, no, he was verified in under 40 seconds. So Yeah, nice, nice. So get your 12-year-olds over on, no, oh my God, please do not. Yeah. That's that's crazy. And like, I think you'll go into a lot more detail on that, but um, that's bizarre. It I is, mean, it's wild. I mean, we, we've lost all the crypto sponsors pretty much. There's a couple of exchanges still left and some other stuff. We're losing those like flies. Now we've got the super let your kids gamble whatever's happening. Yeah. Oh, skirting all the money laundering laws. Oh my God. That's but, mental. You know, they're making bank from it and it, it sort of raised a bit of a, not a dilemma, but a very, you know, sort of question in my head. It's like, I could come out with this YouTube video, damning stake for their shady business practices. But, is what they're doing really any different from what we've seen a whole bunch of other F1 sponsors do? Let's be honest. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's an excellent point. But it's like, where is, as consumers of the sport, when do we care? Yeah. 
And what's what's it going to take for you to make an impact on sports bottom line, which is ultimately impacting these companies' ability to use that platform to advertise? Where do you draw the line? Yeah, if we have like companies like uh, Aramco, you know, they've got a lot of um, controversy around them. Patronus, um, and I'm sure there's more on others. None of them have stopped us watching F1. Is Stake yep. going to stop me watching F1? No, it's not. So it's pretty. You, it's going to be hypocritical for me to turn around and say, "Oh, look how big and bad and evil this company is," uh, but I'm still going to watch, sort of thing, you know. So I don't, it's weird, isn't it? It's like, when is enough enough? I don't know. It's yeah. it's a weird line, isn't it? Well, you should see if you can get your toddler an account on uh, Stake and then then make that assessment. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry, love. The kiddo lost all our cash. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Damn it, we're gonna have to. Uh, you know, work, um, live out of a box now. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but do you want some live breaking news while we're doing this? Yeah, go on. Apparently, me. apparently Andrew Benson has uh, leaked that the four tie-up with Red Bull for 2026 is happening. It's done. It's a done deal. Apparently, yeah, who's Andrew Benson? Ah, reporter. BBC. Yeah, he said it's done. Okay, well, apparently it's, apparently it's done. Breaking. Uh, let's have a look. He's literally just tweeted, uh, Red Bull's pers- per- oh, fuck's sake. Red Bull's prospective engine deal with Ford has leaked in the Italian media. The two will join forces as partners for the 2026 engine regulations. Red Bull's 2023 season launches in New York on Friday. No comment from Red Bull. There you go. So apparently, why is it always the Italian media leaking yeah. all this stuff? Where, where where are the leaks in the Italian media? Find me the leaky holes. What and what, uh, what have they got on people to get this info? Yeah, it's like right. Well, that prize-winning horse that you have, it's gonna, you know, the Italian mafia. Apparently, is what people are saying. Yeah. Anyway, we've got we, let's let's dig into some other news from today. You want to shift gears a little bit? Sure, go. Oh my gosh! So the FIA officially launches an application process for prospective Formula One teams. So it's happening. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase what I've read, but FIA President Mohammed bin Salim said, "Quote: The growth and appeal of the FIA Formula One World Championship is at unprecedented levels." Is he allowed to say that? And then I. That's me. Then the FIA believes the conditions are right for interested parties, which meet the selection criteria to express formal interest in entering the championship. For the first time ever, as a part of selection conditions, we're requesting that the candidates set out how they would meet the FIA's sustainability benchmarks and how they would make a positive societal impact through sport. The process is a logical extension of the positive acceptance of the FIA's 2026 F1 power unit regulations from engine manufacturers, which has attracted Audi to Formula One and created interest among other potential entrants. So that's that's the quote, and they've opened the tender. From what I've read, it looks like they're looking for up to two new teams. To uh, and there's, I think there's probably two that we've heard of that we mentioned in last week. So there's there's the Andretti Cadillac, which are the biggest one. There's uh, Panthera Asia, I believe, and I think yep. there's maybe one other team floating around that's probably not being talked about um so there's a couple teams out there but so they, they're going to ask them to pass the sustainability benchmarks and how they would make a positive societal impact through sport or any of the other teams going to have to do that <laughs> say oh, yeah. hey what do you got what do you guys bring to society uh gambling okay cool you're in yeah you're, you're in but, but only for minors right yeah definitely okay cool okay so 
the FIA are, are kicking that out. So and it's basically going to have to be an agreement for those teams between FOM and the FIA to, to get those teams in. So the FIA will be a part of launching those. That'll be super interesting to see what happens. And I think we're going to start hearing some more about that in the next two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently as well, I've seen that uh, they're going to allow F1 and Liberty Media to have a say in new people as well, which I strongly don't agree with. Um, yeah, who who should have? I mean, but that's interesting. You say that though. The the, con, the other side of that point is that the FOM is where the money comes and goes from. So if there's money coming and going in or out of that, I think they should be allowed to have a stand. You think? Well, is it because I think all to... it should come down to is if they can pay, they can play. Yeah, exactly. I think they should be able to play and demonstrate that they're going to be here in four years. They're not just going to disappear hmm. or however long. So it looks like the tender is joining from 2025. But again, somebody in the stream has said the exact same thing. It's like, why would you join for the last year of these regulations and then go into that? And I, I get that if maybe somebody wants to do that. But I think a lot of people are going to be hedging their bets um, and focusing on 2026 when we have the new engine regulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would, why would you come in before? I don't know. I don't know. You might be able to register as an F1 team before, so then you can spend that year building up or whatever, maybe. I don't know if oh, maybe yeah. it's a thing where if if you register for 2026, you're actually not allowed to start until January 1st, 26. Maybe something weird like that. I don't know. Yeah, okay. That could, that could be it. That could make sense. But uh, that's super interesting. So we've got, we've got probably, potentially, sounds like it's breaking, Ford's coming in. We've got uh, Andretti and Cadillac wanting to to bring another in manufacturer, another OEM, another American OEM into the sport. We've got three American Grand Prix. It's starting to kind of it's starting to make sense. The Americification of Formula One is, is among us. It's it's happening. Uh, yeah, like it, love it, hate it, whatever. Um, yeah, we're gonna forty forty percent or whatever of our podcast downloads are American. Yeah, I, it's starting to make sense. Like, I think seventy-five percent of my YouTube audience is American. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's just like the interest of America in Formula One is growing. It's here, so deal with it. Deal with it. Love yeah, it. Learn to love really, it. Really, because it's not. And, it's not going to change, is it? So deal with it. And Dave, who's been watching Formula One since nineteen ninety, and you can't believe all these new Drive to Survive fans. Suck it up. Deal with it. Yeah, suck it up, bro. They're coming. The influencers are coming for you. We're going to influence you out of your own sport because you can't deal with new people and new ideas coming in. If if Bernie Ecclestone was still running the Formula One, uh, the sport would be in shambles. You'd be have Lewis Hamilton would be banned and fined because he's taking pictures and putting them on Instagram in the paddock. You know, yeah, bullshit like that. Wouldn't take his uh, nose ring out. Yeah, fucking hell. Anyway, I hope we don't have to. Are we gonna have to talk about that again? I hope not. I hope that's all uh-huh. done and dusted. Yeah, but what do we got? I think I think we've got we've got through a whole episode and we've hit it under an hour. Is this the first episode where we've brought this question up at fifty nine minutes into the episode? I don't know. Technically, I'm looking at the recording now, and it's just about to tick over fifty nine thirty. So it might just be a smidge over an hour. That's all right. But I think we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. When's our next episode? Probably two weeks. Uh, yeah, let's get all the, the launches out of the way and then we cool. can do a sort of who do we rate we, and who do we hate. We, I think definitely we'll do a, 
livery ratings. I think that'd be sick. Yeah. We'll get you guys involved and uh we got we gotta get some other stuff going. We we'll figure it out. You guys and if you're not if you're not in the Discord, um we check out our link tree or our solo too. We've got links for the Discord. Make sure that you're following uh break B R R R A K E F one on YouTube. Make sure you've checked out the live stream at twitch.tv front slash break. Make sure you're following Engine Mode 11 on Twitter and YouTube. I mean, come on. Come on. Do we have a fraud watch this week? Everybody's really depressed. Who's on fraud watch? Uh, oh, no, man. I don't think you should be on fraud watch. Yeah, he's on fraud watch. You know who's I, actually, yeah. you know who's going on fraud watch? Whoever it was that started that fucking rumor that Williams and Porsche were about to link up. Oh, my God. Anybody, anybody that was into that, 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 fake blurry picture of frank williams or so they thought they saw frank williams you know when, when your dog pisses on the wall and they're like this is a picture of jesus this is the new holy spot in my garden yep fuck off it was Dork. someone someone on reddit started that and foolishly i no, I, it, I retweeted what it. was that username what was the username of that account oh on? Gra- grand your- granddad fucks or something weird like that it was yeah it, you know it was something something raunchy to do with a granddad and it's yeah. like yeah. So anyway, I I am so desperate to see Porsche in F1 that I took the bait like an absolute fool. You wanted to believe, man. Yeah, I get it. And there was like this big announcement coming up on like the uh, Formula E Porsche Instagram, and all it was is that they changed their Instagram handle, and I was fucking fuming. <laughs> all this hype and all they did. You got debated. Fucking Porsche. So yeah, I'm over. I'm over Porsche now. They can fuck off. Yeah, you dorks. But like, to be honest, that was a self-inflicted. That was an own goal on anybody that saw that and wanted to believe that. It's an own goal. I wanted to believe. I wanted to believe because unlike you, uncouth Americans, right? I actually believe in high-class engineering of cars like Porsches, whereas you, with your goddamn Cadillac CTS V bollocks or whatever it is, just slap slap a big engine in a fucking lard tub fridge and hope it fucking steers. I, I have to say, I when I was home for Christmas, I did drive a Cadillac Blackwing CT5, 680 horsepower of pure freedom. Oh my god, it was so much fun! You don't know what you're missing. That Smells, minivan of yours, fuck that minivan smell, of yours. Smell the cheeseburgers and fucking Walmart from here. I did go pick up um, some In and Out burgers, but I had to go uh, to McDonald's to get some proper fries because In and Out's fries are hot garbage. American listeners, all 40 to 70% of you guys, no. You don't, no, you, don't you, recommend it. No, 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 you know, In and Out's burgers are great, but their fries are abysmal. And people uh, are like, yeah, but did you have the super tuned up fries? It's like, no. It's like, that's something else. That's not fries. Fries need to stand on their own. And In and Out's fries are garbage. Yeah, we get uh, five guys now in the UK. It's quite nice, I, but it's so expensive. It is expensive, but it's like, I, here's, here's how I look at that. And I don't know how we're still going. So um, I don't know why you know, we're talking about fast food now, but anyway, hey. because it's it, free engagement. People Thank, love thanks this for stuff. Subscribing. People, are, people are setting stuff on fire in the chat right now, but um, in and out is a great f- fast food burger. Five guys is an okay posh burger. Simple, simple. Okay. Well, on that bombshell and revelation, um, I think we should call it unless you've got anything yeah. else. No, I've got nothing. Um, Sterling, if you're watching this on YouTube, my cat is so needy right now. It's six o'clock. He's going to meow for the food. Um, 
but yeah, we'll we'll see what um we'll see what the cats want to do with uh, the. I'll maybe get Barry or Sterling to rate some liveries as well. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could see what my um baby son does. You know, print them all out. Ah, print, yeah, exactly. Print them all out on the floor, and we'll see which one he crawls to first. Exactly, I love that. That's content. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh fraudsters hope you guys have a great day enjoy formula one it's back we're back in the swing we're going to be getting in and then uh once the season gets in properly after testing i think it's weekly episodes again yeah yeah cool all right you guys you guys be good fuck off